It's time for a Year Gal Friday flashback episode. We're re-airing an episode of our sister show that ties into a gal pal's one cool thing. Earlier this week, Leah talked about comedian Moms Mabley. Well, how about we keep the comedy vibe coming and follow up with an amazing story about Ellen DeGeneres. Hear how Ellen was nearly kicked out of the entertainment industry only to become everyone's favorite host. Learn about Ellen's life, lessons, and legacy right now on Flashback Friday. Welcome to Your Gal Friday, a podcast about female leaders, innovators, and rule breakers. Each week, your hosts, Leah and Phoebe, will shine a spotlight on an amazing gal and talk about what we can all learn from her. Brought to you by Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Welcome to Your Gal Friday. I am Dr. Leah Leach. And I'm Phoebe Freer. Today, we are talking about a funny gal whose observational humor led her on to the biggest gigs for a comedian, followed by multiple shows featuring her name, as well as books, award show hosting duties, and a presidential medal of freedom. But there was a time when we turned our back on her. Today, we're going to spread some kindness and some laughter and talk about the life and legacy of your gal, Ellen DeGeneres. Yay, I've been... Honestly, looking forward to Ellen ever since we decided to do Funny Gals. She was my number Woo! one pick. Yeah, I was like, okay, we're doing Funny Gals. If I'm allowed to pick one, like, and be adamant about it, mm-hmm. it's got to be Ellen. Like, this is, it's Ellen. Sweet. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> um, the Ellen Show was the first uh, talk show that actually caught my attention and had me hooked. Um, I generally avoid the news because it's depressing and... I have a hard time just digesting it and being mentally okay through the rest of the day. But, and I also... I'm the same way. I avoid the news yeah, too. It's yeah. just, I can't do it. So, um, but I also tend to avoid comedy because my sense of humor is a bit different. So talk shows were never really huge for me because it, co- it combines news and comedy. But when I first saw Ellen, I was absolutely hooked. She brightens any room she walks into and brings me joy and hope for the future. And aside from that, I actually knew very little about Ellen before the show, so I'm really excited to dig in. I'm really excited to to learn more about the first woman of comedy that I really admired. Oh, see, I love that. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, well, I mean, I came to know Ellen in like, I'm going to say 1991. Uh, It's basically whenever we got Comedy Central at the house, basically. That's how I know. That makes sense. the very early days of Comedy Central, they used to show um, stand-up clips, kind of like MTV used to show music videos, right. uh, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but that's where I first saw Ellen, and I just adored her. I loved her little stand-up clips. I thought she was witty. I thought she had a very unique look on life. Um, and when she got her own show, I was there, absolutely there. I do not remember it ever being called these friends of mine um, because you're going to dig into it. I don't remember it being called that. So maybe I didn't watch it until it was actually called Ellen because that's how I remember it was watching Ellen. Um, And I also, while watching the show, I thought for years while watching it, 
that Jolie Fisher was actually uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter oh, in no. real life. Um, it took me a long time to realize that they are half sisters. Oh, wow. <laughs> they are not mother and daughter. Right? Exactly. Hollywood is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took me a bit. Uh, but I watched all of Ellen's stand-up specials. I read her first book. And I even saw all of her movies. And yes, some of them are cringeworthy, but I watched all of them and I had a really good time. Um, I also made a point to visit anything and everything Ellen at Disney World. Because believe it or not, there was Ellen stuff at Disney World. Uh, There was a bookshop at Hollywood Studios and it was made to look like the buy the book bookshop of the show. Oh my gosh. And... It was really cute. The store had Ellen collectibles and it sold coffee and it had a couch. It was like one part Ellen show and one part Central Perk from Friends. It was like really super cute. Um, They later changed the location to call call it the writer's shop for a while. Um, But it has since closed because the Star Wars and Toy Story expansion that's happening at Disney World. Um, I was also there. For Ellen's coming out episode, um, I was championing. Uh, I was championing her bravery. Um, I was also very hurt by the backlash that happened too. There was a point where I really thought that we were going to lose Ellen in our life, and it really kind of scared me. But we're going to get into all of that in in greater detail. Yep. We should probably start at the beginning, yeah, right? Probably we should probably start at the beginning, just like we typically do. <laughs> Exactly. So where did Ellen grow up? Where did it all begin? (laughs) Well, Ellen was born on January 26, 1958, and she was raised in Louisiana. Her mother is Betty Jane, who is an American LGBT rights activist and a former speech therapist. She's the first straight spokesman for the Human Rights Campaign's National Coming Out Project and an active member of parents, families, and friends of lesbian and gays. And this all came later in life, especially as Ellen came out, which, of course, we'll hear more about Ellen Mm -hmm. later. Um, Yeah. Ellen's father is Elliot Everett DeGeneres. I can only assume that Ellen is, like, kind of a spin on her dad's name, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Right. He's an insurance agent, and um, she has one brother, Vance, who is a musician, screenwriter, and a producer. Now, when Ellen was a teenager, her parents filed for separation and were divorced the following year. As quoted in the St. James Encyclopedia of Popular Culture, she recalled using the comedy to help her mother through the painful period after the divorce. She said, quote, My mother was going through some really hard times, and I could see when she was really getting down, and I would start to make fun of her dancing. Then she said, Then she started to laugh, and I'd make fun of her laughing, and then she'd laugh so hard she'd start to cry, and then I'd make fun of that. So I would totally bring her from where I'd seen her start going into depression to all the way out of it. Aw, that's super sweet. Right? So, shortly after, Ellen's mother remarried, and she moved with her mother and stepfather to Atlanta, Texas. And Vance stayed with his father. So Ellen graduated from Atlanta High School in May of 1976. She moved back to New Orleans after that, which is a place where she loved to grow up and she recalls fond memory of. And while she was there, she attended the University of New Orleans, where she majored in communication studies. After one semester, she left school to do clerical work in the law firm with her cousin. Her early jobs included working at JCPenney and being a waitress at TGI Fridays, and she did many other odd jobs like a house painter and a hostess and a bartender. It's kind of comforting to me to find these out and seeing as it's more relatable to people jump studying 
jump-starting their own careers today. I mean, Ellen is this big star, and she started out working the same types of jobs as the rest of us. So it kind of makes her feel more human, except for she doesn't really need help with that because she never makes you feel like she's on a pedestal or anything like she's above you but it also it's cool to see that she's just more and more relatable the more you dig into it yeah oh absolutely all the odd jobs and trying to find your own you know career and voice and what are you gonna do right i think it's cool because a lot of the gals that we cover typically are like in previous generations and so it's like okay I see how they came out. I wonder it's it's relatable, but almost you have to translate it in your own way. This is like no, right. I've worked I've worked at stores like JC Penny or whatever. It's like, "Oh, okay, I can completely relate to that." Right, exactly. Where, you know, a lot of the older gals, they had to figure out what they were going to do mm-hmm. before even entering college. Yeah. And it's like once you picked it, you could never go back right, on it. Yeah. Where, you know, that's not a modern day thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we're still trying to figure out what we're good at, sort of thing. Totally. So and trying on multiple hats. Right. <laughs> Ellen got her start in stand-up in 1981, and she did coffee shops and nightclubs and tours. Not always was the crowd friendly to her, but she persevered and she honed her act and created a unique observational style. Um, I always thought of her as the non-depressed version of Stephen Wright, (laughs) who is another comedian that I love, very intellectual, observational humor. Um, Now, Ellen talked about in an Oprah masterclass when it all changed around this time period. She says she was living with and dated a girl who one night died in a car crash, Mm. and Ellen was devastated. Uh, She thought in a moment like that, in deep depression, wouldn't it be nice to make a phone call to God? So she took out a pen and a paper and she started to write out a bit of comedy to heal herself. Uh, She knew once she got this out, it was like verbatim, just kind of like pencil to paper um, stream of conscious. She knew then it would be perfect for Johnny Carson. Now, Johnny Carson was the gatekeeper for comedians. A spot on Carson for comedians meant you made it. Uh, Being invited to the couch after your standup was a gold star and it meant the doors were open to you. You could do TV, you could do comedy specials, you could do movies. It was your ticket in. So while Ellen was touring, someone from Johnny Carson was in the audience and heard her phone call to God bit. And so she got booked on The Carson Show. Ellen appeared on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson in 1986. And even though she was incredibly nervous, she nailed it. And she was waved over to sit on the couch. Ellen was actually the first female comedian ever to be called over by Johnny Carson. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And it's a huge deal. And she was the first female comedian to have that happen. And I'm like, wait, she was the first? That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So in 1991, Ellen was honored as Best Female Stand-Up Comic in the 1991 American Comedy Awards. About the same time, she branched out to begin acting in television series. She appeared in a couple of short-lived sitcoms. Um, First was called Open House. It was a TV series focusing on Linda Phillips' real estate office and her interaction with her co-workers, including her main rival, Ted Nicholas. 
In this show, Ellen plays a sassy, man-hungry secretary. So the other show she was on, um, it was Lori Hill, where Ellen played the flaky nurse and BFF Nancy McIntyre. Now, after appearing on these shows, she earned her own show. That was called These Friends of Mine, and it premiered on ABC in March of 1994. Oh, the same year and month I was born, so that's cool. <laughs> ah, look at that, yeah. friend of mine. Yep. <laughs> so this received mixed reviews and decent ratings. The show starred Ellen as Ellen Morgan, an employee and later owner of the bookstore called Buy the Book. And focuses on the lives of Ellen and her friends, finding humor in the mundane and everyday events of the characters' lives. Now, by the beginning of the second season, the show had undergone major changes, including its title, thus uh, the title that Leah knows it as, Ellen. So the reviews and ratings steadily improved as more and more viewers connected with Ellen's oddball humor and appealing average average gal persona. So Ellen earned numerous nominations for Emmy Awards, and in 1997, she won the prestigious Peabody Award for her work on the show. Well, when Ellen decided it was time to come out, um, and because the show was very much um, about her persona as a comedian, as Mm -hmm. a personality, it kind of had to be on the show as well as in real life. And I actually tend to relate it to the Lucille Ball birth of Desi Arnaz Jr. in real life and little Ricky on the show. Um, It's part of the show and it's part of real life. You know what I mean? Kind of both of them need to happen. So Ellen had a three-pronged plan. She appeared on the Oprah show to announce that she was gay and that her character was going to be coming out on an upcoming episode. She was then going to do a Time Magazine cover and article And then lastly, she was going to do a follow-up interview with Diane Sawyer after the coming out episode aired. That is what she had planned uh, for basically transitioning the show and for coming out. The problem was the media took the story and it became everywhere. Everybody picked up the story and ran with it and it became, you know, like a major, major headline. So... Unlike Lucille Ball's pregnancy, Ellen's coming out was divisive. To the gay and lesbian community and supporters, it was everything positive. It was wonderful visibility. Her announcement literally saved lives as lesbian and gay teen suicide was reaching epidemic proportions. The community needed a role model with visibility. Uh, Judy Wielder, the editor-in-chief of Advocate Magazine, said on a biography special, quote, we thought Ellen changed the world. Wow. But that visibility came with a price, and the lines were drawn. Those against gay rights protested. They wrote letters, and advertisers started to get scared, and they started dropping out. ABC then got scared, and they added a parental advisory label to the start of every episode. And I really hated that label. Wow. I really did. Yeah. The show was canceled the next year, and Ellen said that she heard about the cancellation by an assistant who read it in the trades. What? No one even told her. Yeah. No one told her. Wow. She had to read about it and hear about it from an assistant. It's 
heartbreaking. So personally, I was disappointed at how far our culture still needed to be to accept that love is love. Ellen, you know, understandably took it a little bit harder than I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said, quote, I was learning what it's like not to be loved. And then that heartbreaking, oh my gosh, it's it's Ellen. So I remember seeing this clip of Ellen addressing the studio audience, as well as the cast and crew on the very last uh, taping episode. She was dressed like Lucille Ball doing a great stomping bit. And through tears, she said she was sorry. And she was taking the blame. And it was absolutely heartbreaking Mm. and I will never forget it yet I can't find this clip it's very very sad um in a Barbara Walters interview uh later Ellen talked about uh that when the show was canceled no one called her uh she couldn't get anyone to talk to her for two years there was no new projects on the horizon this is where we almost lost the Ellen that we know today now Ellen could have given up She could have even become a comedy writer for other people and vanished into obscurity, but yet still had her her talents there. Uh, But as she said to Barbara Walters in that interview, she said she had a moment of clarity, quote, why was I waiting for someone to give me a job? I'm a writer. I'll write an HBO special. And so she did. That is brilliant. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) Open your own doors. Exactly. She's determined. And I love that. So in 2000, Ellen DeGeneres, The Beginning, appeared on HBO. It was classic Ellen. To me, she was 100% back. She was a little rough around the edges, but she was still true to herself. And of course, she was hilariously funny. Uh, After that special, on top of Ellen's tenacity, that led to a new TV show, didn't it? Yes. Yes, it did. So in 2001, Ellen starred in a short-lived sitcom called The Ellen Show, which was praised by reviewers but never attracted a large audience, and it was canceled after 13 episodes. Now, in 2001, Ellen's career was looking, you know, not so great. She was getting, she was just getting back, right? Mm -hmm. Now, on September 11th, 2001, as you probably know, the lives of everyone in the United States and around the globe even changed. 9-11 was this generation's Pearl Harbor. It was near impossible for the media to know how to react. Um, and on September 16th, 2001, the 53rd Primetime Emmy Awards was originally scheduled. They, this is when they were supposed to air. Um, but due mm-hmm. to the tragedy of 9-11 and the magnitude and impact it had on the world, they pushed it back, wondering if they should reschedule or just cancel altogether. The ceremony was rescheduled twice. Then it finally happened November 4th, 2001. It was seven weeks late, and it was hosted by none other than Ellen DeGeneres. Now, as many in the entertainment industry struggled over how to amuse audiences or whether they should even try after 9-11, Ellen impressed her fellow actors and millions of viewers with what they described in Entertainment Weekly as witty, respectful, and wise performance. And this is why I love Ellen. She takes the good, the bad, and the ugly and manages to give us hope about the future through her own sense of humor. Because of helping her mom through depression, she was able to 
help the whole country through dark times and help us all. I like how you tied that together. That's beautiful. That's very much. Yeah. That's like life skills right there of I know how to do this. I did this for my mom. I can do this for, you know what I mean? For an Emmy award show. Absolutely. It's a real house, right? Absolutely. I love that. She was perfect fit for it. Absolutely. Now, over the next year or so, Ellen began showing up on television more and more often. She hosted Saturday Night Live, she appeared on an episode of Will and Grace, and she occupied the center square on the primetime game show of Hollywood Squares. Now, suddenly in 2003, Ellen was everywhere. She was becoming more accepted and welcomed into the everyday culture of our media. Thankfully, we grew up a little bit as a country. Yay! <laughs> Yeah. Right? A little bit. A little bit. Just <laughs> just enough to let her back in. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we were finally ready. Finally. We, oh, we hadn't earned the right yet, but we're working on right, it. Right, exactly. <laughs> we, we haven't earned it, but we're getting there. Yeah. Now, she returned to stand-up with a hugely successful 35-city tour, culminating with an HBO comedy special called Ellen DeGeneres here and now. Now... I know she did so much more after this, but I think you want to tell us about that, Leah. I do. So remember before when I said that Ellen had a three-pronged plan? Correct. Uh, Well, in 2003, Ellen had a four-pronged plan. (laughs) (laughs) So she had the comedy special that you were talking about here and now. Uh, She also had the launch of her new talk show, which Phoebe is going to talk about in a second. Uh, She also had a book come out called The Funny Thing Is. And then there was also this little animated film called Finding Nemo. Yeah, it's not a big deal. (laughs) Just this little thing. I'm sure you've never heard of it. (laughs) It's just one of the absolute favorites that are out there. Um, Yeah. Phoebe personally love it to death. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Pretty much quoted every week, you know. Exactly. (laughs) Now, we don't always get into our personal lives on the show. Uh, So full disclosure, I used to have another podcast called Kate's Take, where I talked about the movies that influenced my life. And the number one episode always on Kate's Take, no matter what I did, was Finding Nemo. It was the episode that I did on Finding Nemo. Uh, so in that episode, I digested and I dug really deep into the the many messages that are inside this movie. But it was the fact that Ellen's character of Dory changed my life. So the, the short version is... My husband signed up for the army on 9-11. We had our first daughter, and a few months after she was born, he was sent to Iraq. So let's just say I was a nervous wreck, but I appeared very calm, and I collected, you know, very calm and collected for my daughter's sake. Uh, Now, while he was away, my daughter uh, was trying to find him, and she was using the only word that she could say at the time, and she would call out Dada to all soldiers in uniform, thinking that it might be her father right exactly so when my husband came home overjoyed absolutely you know uh blessed that he came home i didn't think much about it because i wanted to go to the movies for the first time as a family right so i thought well we'll go see finding nemo it's a pixar movie it's animated it'll be great right right I didn't think about how this little girl just got finished spending months looking for her father in a sea of camouflage and then taking her to a movie about a father trying to find
find his son in the ocean waters. I didn't think about it. So she loves this movie, and I'm I'm really sure she doesn't see the same connection that I see. Uh, but the movie was apparently actually more for me than it was for her, because I was Marlon. I was the nervous parent who would freak out that somebody would get hurt. And it wasn't until Dory summed it all up that really changed my life. Uh, when faced with the possibility of being swallowed by a whale, um, Dory asks Marlin to let go. And Marlin says, how do you know something bad isn't going to happen? And Dory, that little fish with short-term memory, uh, sums it all up. She says, I don't. I don't know that something bad isn't going to happen. It was two simple words, but it was life-changing for me. I simply had to let go of what I could not control. I also relate this to Ellen's comeback, because how did she know that something bad wasn't going to happen? That backlash could have come back. She could have been sent packing again. But the answer is, she did it anyway. She tried. She just kept swimming. And I think that's why she's absolutely an amazing role model. And it makes me love Finding Nemo even more. Oh, my gosh. Now I got to go watch Finding Nemo and then drive to Indiana and give you a hug. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It is. Oh, it was an emotional wreck of a movie the whole time that I'm watching it. And I'm like, you know what? I have to watch this. I have to do this. Okay. No, I'm getting I'm getting it. Like I soaked it. It was. It was mommy's school is what it was for me for that movie. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) So in the fall of 2003, Ellen was on this talk show called The Ellen DeGeneres Show. In its first season, The Ellen DeGeneres Show earned positive reviews and solid ratings across the nation. The successful year was topped off with a record 12 Emmy Award nominations in 2004, the most ever received by a talk show in its debut season. Now, according to the article in the Washington Post, when she earned the news about the Emmy nominations, Ellen responded with a comment typical of her self-criticizing and slightly insecure comedic style. She said, They told me you got nominations for every single category except the song. And I instantly said, What's wrong with our song? So in (laughs) in addition to three technical awards, Ellen's program won the 2004 Emmy for Outstanding Talk Show. Ellen later said, I have fun every day. It's the best job I ever had. Now, this is actually the show that got me hooked onto Ellen to begin with. The Ellen Show has 15 seasons. It's still going on. There are many, many clips on YouTube of five to eight minute segments of the show. There's even an Ellen Tube now. So, like, a whole section of YouTube is just called Ellen Tube. It's pretty cool. So I love that. Yeah. And on the Ellen Show, she interviews celebrities, showcases her cast and crew and funny skits type things and she also shares with the world talented people and inspiring stories she also shared a good portion of her personal life on the show including her relationships with her partners and her activism and um, human rights and animal rights and everything else she puts on the show and people love it like it's just it's like coming home you can watch ellen and i i just watch her and i'm like this is the way it should be like you know yeah absolutely i remember um uh i I barely catch daytime television right um but i remember somehow actually catching the one where she announced that she was going to uh get married to Portia de Rossi oh yeah i i kind of like yeah yeah, absolutely i I kind of looked up on on youtube 
like all of her interviews with Portia and like kind of went through because I was like, huh, I wonder because she's her um, current wife, Portia. She um, is an actress. And I was like, oh, I know her. And now mm-hmm. I want to know her story because we're going to cover Ellen. So it's like, oh, this is it's so cute. and It's a great romance, romantic story and There's, all that stuff. They're so adorable. There's. They're really adorable together, and they're just perfect puzzle pieces. They really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. They really fit so well, and they seem so happy that I just, I love that. (laughs) I do, too. So when it comes to books, Mm -hmm. um, Ellen actually has published four books. Uh, Her first was in 1995 called My Point, and I do have Mm -hmm. one. Uh, And it reads like a stand-up act. And I got this one, and it it made me absolutely love reading comedic books. Um, My favorite was there was a bit. It was a journal-style chapter where she was training for the Iditarod, the dog sled race in Alaska. Um, She writes, quote, I trained with my two dogs in Los Angeles at four in the morning on the streets just because I think I can do it. One dog is smaller, so we go in circles a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of like, you know, a little sampling of the whole book. Right. So the book is not autobiographical. It is a comedic bit. And it's a series of these fictional funny stories. Right. And I thought it was hilarious. That's fantastic. Uh, in 2003, Ellen published another book of comedy called The Funny Thing Is. Uh, so this is how it is billed. Quote, an indispensable reference for anyone who knows how to read or wants to fool people into thinking they do. (laughs) (laughs) The book then goes on to continue its features because, you know, if I could do anything, I I can sell you this book. So in this book, it has more than 50,000 simple, short words arranged in sentences that form paragraphs. But that's not all. There are thousands of observations on everyday life, from terrible fashion trends to how to handle seating arrangements for a Sunday brunch with Paul Abdul, Diane Sawyer, Emma M and M. And then, lastly, all twenty-six letters of the alphabet Yay! are featured in this book. <laughs> yeah, now I so, totally want to get it. It's another right, exactly. It sells itself freely. Totally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So eight years later, she releases, seriously, I'm kidding. Um, So now after two books that were comedy writing, and then that title, you would actually think that that book is all comedic writing. But in it, she actually talks about her personal life as well as funny observation bits, too. So it's safe to say that Seriously, I'm Kidding is half memoir and half comedy book. Totally. And all three of her comedy books were number one on the New York bestsellers list as well. Now, also worth mentioning is in the year 2000, Ellen's mother, Betty, wrote a book called Love, Ellen, A Mother-Daughter Journey. And it's about Ellen's coming out and her journey of not only love and acceptance of her daughter, but her path as the first non-gay spokesperson for the Human Rights Campaign National Coming Out Project. And the book helps that program as well. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I need to buy that one. Um, (laughs) Right. Exactly. So I, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that her mom has a book too. <laughs> That's awesome. So now girls started not only hosting some awards, but winning awards, didn't she? Oh, yeah. So first I'll tell you about her hosting. So in August of... Two- oh, more hosting, because she did more than just the one. So in August of 2005, she hosted the Primetime Emmy Awards Ceremony, which was on September 18th, 2005. This was three weeks after Hurricane Katrina, yet another tragedy, bringing Ellen at just the right moments. She also hosted the Grammy Awards in 96 and in 97. 
Which there was no national emergency there, if I remember right. I don't so it's think not, so. She's a jinx. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is that. No. I, she, she's yeah. just in the right place she's, when we need her. She's not a jinx. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thankfully, she's there when we need her. And she's a great person for being there for us. <laughs> Always. Yes. <laughs> now, on September 7th, 2006, Ellen was selected to host the 79th Academy Awards ceremony. This took place on February 25th in 2007. This makes her first openly gay or lesbian person to have hosted this specific event. Now, during the awards show, Ellen said that, quote, Wonder, what a wonderful night, such diversity in the room, and a year when there's been so many negative things said about people's race, religion, and sexual, sexual orientation, and I want to put this out there. If there weren't blacks, Jews, and gays, there would be no Oscars or anyone named Oscar. When you think about that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I do, too. Reviews of her hosting gig were positive, with one saying, quote, DeGeneres rocked as she never forgot that she wasn't just there to entertain the Oscar nominees, but also to tickle the audience at home. Now, Regis Philbin said in an interview that the only complaint with there's, was there's not enough Ellen, which sounds exactly like my only complaint when she hosted the Academy Awards again in, on March 2nd of 2014. Now, I surprisingly had not been in the habit of watching the Academy Awards much, but when I heard Ellen was hosting, I insisted on watching them and not skipping anything and it was nothing less than magical she would she has a way of making you feel like you're in the room with her and everyone's on the same level and an example of this is the selfie the very famous selfie that she orchestrated with a dozen actors at the oscars and she just tweeted it and it is the most retweeted post in history like above it's, it's it's insane and it was so fun because you were watching it live and you were watching this live tweet happen then you could look at your phone <laughs> and retweet it yourself it was like whoa i'm really there you know <laughs> it was perfect because it was interactive totally. and yeah exactly yeah. i loved it It was really <laughs> cool ellen like i was just like ellen for president you know <laughs> right exactly <laughs> So Ellen has also done um, a good deal of activism as well. She is a gay rights activist, but also an animal rights activist. So her wife, Portia, knows how much animals well-being means to Ellen. So for Ellen's 60th birthday, Portia gave the gift of a permanent science research facility to the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund in Rwanda. This is the first action of the Ellen DeGeneres Wildlife Fund, which has been established to support global conservation efforts for critically endangered species and i thought that was so lovely and i I had to i had to watch interviews about this and she was like it's your birthday how much money is too much like is this right exactly (laughs) i love that it's so cool (laughs) it is so cool yes ellen went also on um animal rights ellen also created the halo pet foundation whose goals are helping pets uh helping pets in need eliminate animal abuse and promote responsible pet ownership as well and i go to PetSmart and i see the ellen brand of stuff and i know that it goes to support the hello pet foundation so i love that um so ellen has also spoken up for women's rights now 
Now, Gal's Guide loves her, uh, the Bic Pens for Women's bit that she did on her talk show. Uh, we have commonly shared this at our meetings because it blends the humor. Uh, it also showing just how far we still need to go to reach gender equality Absolutely. as well. Um, Ellen also did a PSA with Julia Roberts for the National Women's Soccer League in their hashtag pass the ball campaign, which was very awesome. Ellen's heart for spreading kindness and treating others with love and compassion. This is most evident in her activism for gay rights. So a few months after the cancellation of her show in 1998, Ellen made a tear field speech at the vigil of Matthew Shepard, who was killed in a hate crime. In a moment of reflection, she said at the vigil, quote, it just hit me why I'm so devastated by it, because this is what I was trying to stop. This is exactly why I did what I did. She was hoping that the coming out episode and the media uh, relating it would stop the death of LGBT community, those either by the hands of another or by the hands of themselves. So gay teen suicides deeply affect Ellen. She talks about it on her show, and she's a supporter of the Trevor Project and the Pacer Center. And she spreads the messages of acceptance and compassion and kindness because it really does save lives. There are countless examples on our talk show, and there's going to be countless more because the gal's work is like far from done. Oh, far from very done. far from done. She's not even close. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's going to be really hard to talk about her legacy. Then. It is. <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to try. We're going to try. And it's so cute because um, another interview, of course, I watched with Ellen and Portia. Um, Portia actually gave Ellen this gift of the foundation um, in her name. Mm-hmm. On the Ellen show, like it was, it was yeah. what, like that's like when surprised she, her with it. it surprised her with it on her show. So you can go watch it right now if you want to. But it was mm-hmm. so sweet because as Portia was explaining why she was doing this for Ellen, she said, I hear almost daily Ellen say, I'm not doing enough. And Aww. it was so sweet. It's like, but you're doing so she's doing so much and still she thinks she's not doing enough and that's just it's so powerful so wait till we see what she what she does next and then after that and then after that after that yeah a lot more love to give basically absolutely So up till this point, <laughs> right? What what, would, what is the legacy you think she is building towards up till this? I point? mean, I think that you touched a lot on it when you talked about her activism because you said, you know, she's spreading the message of acceptance and compassion and kindness and saving lives. I think at the end of the day, she wants to save mm-hmm. lives, not just human lives, but animal lives. I mean, she's vegan. She's she does all of these things to promote saving people and not just saving people Mm -hmm. so that you're you still have breath in your chest and your heart's still beating but saving people emotionally too like she wants to promote kindness and love and support and i think her legacy is or her legacy now is okay you see this you see that i'm different but you also accept me now accept everybody else too and let me help right. you transition to accepting everybody else so that everybody can love more and do more and help more and live better. Oh, yes, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> I'm right there with you because I would say um, uh, spreading kindness with comedy. Totally. That, you know what I mean? To those two things, she has seen them work. Um, she has seen them work quicker than anything else. And it's her wheelhouse. It's where her talent lies. Um, because everything that I read and see about Ellen, I don't think she wants the big old, you know, yep, I'm gay label on her. I don't right. think that's her legacy. No. Um, I think it's part of who she is, part just like being vegan and just like being an animal rights activist. Right. But it's not the whole definition of who she is. And she uses her platform to bring us closer together and to share our humanity. So I got to go with her legacy for me is that spreading kindness with comedy i love it <laughs> we need more people to do it but i'm so glad that we have ellen to do absolutely it, she does it very well she very much does yes so what did you learn from her i learned that you can still you're still allowed to laugh through tough situations like how do you bounce back from something like 9 11 she did that she mm. helped she helped the world bounce back in some sort of way from 9-11. If, if she can do that, I can bounce back. Even if it's not like, oh, I'm totally back and okay. But I'm allowed to find humor. I'm allowed to find the happiness and comedy and kindness and love that is still left in the world. And grasp it. You know what I mean? Yes. You've got to have the, the dark and the light. Totally. They they really do balance each other exactly. out. So I love it. Um, I learned from her that when uh, you show the world who you really are, um, there are going to be people who you love that will champion you. And there will be those who vilify you. Yeah. Um, and if you focus on the negative, you lose. Uh, you might try to be something that you're not. And you might even unplug from life if you're not being who you are. So stepping into that light and saying, this is who I am. And I love you for being you. I think that is extremely powerful. And I think we need more of that. We need to champion, you know, champion more of that. Um, I learned from Ellen her bravery, her compassion, and that tenacity. Girl didn't give up. Definitely. Every opportunity to do it. And she did not give up. And I find it so ironic that she plays a fish with short-term memory loss. <laughs> and we live in a world that almost forgot that there was a moment, actually more than a moment, a couple of years, where Ellen couldn't find work. Yep. Like we have forgotten that because she's so much ingrained in our lives now that we forget that we almost lost her. Uh, but she kept swimming and she reminded us that comedy is healing and that being yourself is always the best way to be. And so I love that. And I'm going to keep swimming with that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Couldn't say it any better. Well, that wraps it up for us. We will be back next time with our epilogue of Funny Gals, where we will cross compare the gals in this section and look at the big overall lessons from all of the funny gals in our lives. So until then, we leave you with this quote from Ellen. Be kind to one another. For more information about this week's gal or to check out our previous episodes, visit galsguide.org. To support the show, visit the Gals Guide Patreon page. We love our patrons and offer exclusive perks and behind-the-scenes access for as little as $1 a month. Thank you so much for subscribing to Your Gal Friday.